Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Regina Gulbinas. How are you? I am well. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We are delighted to have you on the program. I got a lot of questions. I think the first place, maybe the best place to start would be if you could share with us mission, purpose, what are you really out there trying to do for folks? Great question. So I've spent the last 20 years helping the companies reorganize back to profitability. And the most of the 17 years of the last 20 has been hyper-focused on that. So this has been an amazing journey when you can walk into a company that's millions upside down. Um, they're about to go out of business and you get to participate in saving, not just restoring the company, but employees get to keep their jobs. Marriages get to stay intact because we know financial chaos brings a lot of chaos into marriages and things like that. So this has been an incredible mission to walk with people and we help them restore their lives, restore their businesses and continue to um, rise up, be profitable. And that actually affects other people that they're employing and their family. So uh, this has been a huge part of my mission, just serving, uh, supporting and serving uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners. And the last three years of the 20, I just felt God calling me into the online space. And I've shifted a lot of my focus and to helping female entrepreneurs, executives, CEOs in creating just um, businesses that they're obsessed with, lives that they're obsessed with, just a life of business strategies. But to have the ability to leave your fingerprint on someone else's timeline, that's really how I see what I do. Are you finding that businesses often fail or come close to failure for some of the same reasons? Do you see some of the same things over and over again? You know, believe it or not, it's pretty much all of the same reasons. Yes, absolutely. So what are what are some of the, the ones that you typically see? Some that maybe when we have the benefit of listening to this conversation, we can say, okay, <laughs> we'll try to avoid those. You know, for small business owners, and small, I would say maybe like uh, under 15 or $20 million annually, something like that. For a small business owner, a lot of it is uh, two main reasons. Number one, the needs of the company outgrow the knowledge base of the CEO. Because as, lo- as long as your company continues to scale, you need additional information to run and support the infrastructure and the cash flow of the company. And in that case, I've noticed CEOs and small business owners are not um, often quick enough to catch that sweet spot and say, okay, the company needs are outgrowing my knowledge. I need to bring additional support on board with an outside perspective to support the growth. So the moment the company needs begin to outgrow the, the knowledge base of the CEO, as the company grows, the gap between what the CEO knows and what the needs of the company are, when the gap be- becomes too high, they start to slide back and go into negative. Because if you don't have enough information, you can only take your business so far. And the needs of the company just outgrow. And the second thing, a lot of it is lack of infrastructure. A lot of businesses have lack of infrastructure. They don't have the correct employees on staff. They don't have the finances to hire the right people that can actually see the bigger picture. So the two main reasons that, I mean, I've done over 100 corporations through reorganization. So the two main reasons are the needs of the company outgrow the knowledge base of the CEO and the CEO doesn't get support fast enough. 
and the lack of infrastructure within the company. So tell us a little bit more about your backstory. How did you get into this line of work? You know, this is one that most people don't believe. I don't have formal training or education. School was not my thing. Struggled through high school. Every teacher said, very intelligent, very smart, doesn't show up to class. I just didn't. School wasn't my thing, bottom line. <laughs> um, got a two-year degree just to get my parents off the back of my back. You know, I went to college because everybody was doing it. And like in fashion merchandising, I don't even know. I just took the cheapest, easiest thing I could do. I just, I was hungry for life. I knew that God made me for something uh, impact driven. And I was very restless until I found it. And uh, at the age of 24, I got hired in a company as an accounts payable clerk who was going, who was at the tail end of a chapter 11 reorganization. And uh, the moment I walked in, before I knew what they were doing, you know, like when you get that feeling, you're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be here, but I don't know why. Um, I knew I was supposed to be there, not necessarily in the company, but I was supposed to be there in that moment. And then I realized that they're going through reorganization and the gentleman who was reorganizing them, I, I realized I understand why. And I worked with him for 17 years as his right hand. And I just naturally understand people and money. It's not even numbers. There is a big difference between numbers and money. People confuse. They think it's the same thing. Numbers and money are a very different thing. And I naturally have gifts and abilities to understand people, to speak to people, to negotiate with people, to lead people, to navigate people, and do the same thing with money. And businesses are, I mean, the two main components every business consists of, I don't care where on the planet you are, what you sell, what are the two main components in any business? People and money. But from a very young age, I knew that I had, God had just put something in me. I knew I wasn't meant to just be an employee to five, nothing wrong with that. I just knew I was supposed to, there is an impact, there is a fingerprint I'm supposed to leave on the timeline that I'm here, that I get to be here. And um, by mistake, bumped into the world of corporate turnaround and I, I, I came alive. I knew I'm supposed to be there, but it was a very hard journey. It's not like I bumped into it and I said, okay, I belong here and it was easy. I'm 24 years old. Nobody cares what I say when it comes to reorganizing companies, no formal <laughs> training, no education. And I fought for my spot. I fought for my voice. I worked extremely hard to prove myself uh, to every single CEO that I that I came in contact with that I am not only qualified, I'm much more qualified than anybody who can go to school for this because I have something, I had something that you don't, you can't just learn in school, basic like uh, mechanics, you know what I mean? Mm. And it was just the perfect fit. It was the perfect fit for me. Well, I fully anticipated a conversation about numbers and money, but you've also mentioned every bit as many times People speak to people, relationships, that side of this, because this is an important aspect of this work, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I believe that uh, the money is in the relationship. The money is in the relationship. While we focus on making money, which is important, you're running a business, there's nothing wrong with it. You should be aware of your numbers, profitability, margins, you know, which clients to keep, which clients to let go. But I've also seen some extraordinary things happen when we take care of the relationships. I have worked with big construction companies where clients will literally pay more money for per contract where, where they can get like a home built or a high-rise built for less 
just because of the relationship of my client, the safety that my client provides in the transaction, meaning they know they can hand off the product, they can hand off the, the, uh, the construction aspect of it, like a GC to a sub, they can hand it off and not have to worry about people will literally pay more money for peace of mind. I have seen people be able to charge more because the high quality of service that they provide. And again, when the client can hand off a project to you and walk away not to have to worry and babysit their suppliers, they're going to get done. Is it going to get done on time? People will pay more money for that. Um, same with the employees. Employees will work better if they feel like they're part of the family. They're part of the, they're not just an employee. So I think we often forget how much money is in the relationships. I've negotiated insane things for clients who were, just filing bankruptcy and suppliers don't want to really touch. They cut people off on credit when people file bankruptcy. And I completely understand a lot of people don't know how actually bankruptcy works. Just because you filed, you still have to pay, especially for new products who <laughs> has the file 100% on the dollar. So, and that scares them. A lot of suppliers are scared. Okay, I'm going to cut you off. I've negotiated deliveries of like steel and, and material and all of these things after people have filed because I've maintained such a good, honorable, respectful relationship between supplier and a client prior to that. And because of that, we didn't have to shut up, shut production, for example. Again, relationship. You know, I always tell my clients, my, uh, like, no people's even personal, no their birthday. I mean, how simple is it to keep a calendar of people that are like the key players in your business? The key players in your business are not necessarily in your business. Keep certain things that are important to the people that are key players to your profitability, even if they're customers or suppliers. These little things, I have seen miracles be pulled off because I maintain these relationships for clients, for suppliers, for, for my clients, for their vendors, for their suppliers, so on, so for employees. The money is in the relationship, and I think it's very important not to underestimate how much more money we can make provided that the relationships are taken care of. If you take care of those relationships, I've seen those relationships take care of my clients when it was the hardest thing and nobody else would give them benefit of the doubt. And the people who really took care of really came through because we needed them. Otherwise, if there is no supplies, if there is no production, clients want their deposits back, you know, it opens a, a chain of, of bad reaction for, for many pieces of the puzzle. As we're having this conversation, your eyes light up. There's so much energy and enthusiasm and passion in your voice. I know our, our listeners are picking that up over the airwaves. At this point in your career, what are you finding the most rewarding? What What are you enjoying the most about the work? You know, what? interestingly enough, the most I enjoy is when I see the transformation in the CEO that I've worked with, because your profitability is nothing more than the um, byproduct of your decision-making abilities. That's it. The numbers on your balance sheet, the numbers are your P on your PNL are simply a reflection of the decisions you make, the decisions you make on a daily basis as a CEO. So when I talk to the CEO, when I give them the lessons, when I teach them, lead them, navigate them, inspire them, and I see the shift in their behavior and I see that it impacts their entire life, their business, their marriages, their relationships with clients, their relationships with people, that to me is the ultimate win. Because money is one thing. I mean, I, I love the hustle. I love business. I thrive on it. Like I am a strategist. God made me a strategist. My mind is like a puzzle and it goes a million miles an hour. But to watch 
when you have helped somebody or you have changed, helped them change the perspective of how they make their most important decisions in their life, once you see the shift in their eyes, their eyes light up and you see that it's impacting literally every aspect of their life because if they can decide better in their company, they will decide better in their personal relationships. They will decide better when it comes to other things outside the company. Once you see that shift and you actually realize that what you've done is allowed somebody to change so much and have supported somebody in so much change that you've now impacted not just their life, but perhaps their bloodline for generations to follow. Because if they know better, if they do better, they will teach better in their family. They will lead their household better. What does that mean? Their children are watching. They will do better and their children. So I think a lot of times when we work with people in mentorship and things like that, we think we're working for the moment, like we're here now. I don't see it that way. If I can help a company or if I can help a woman build an incredible business and everything in her life changes and she takes it home and her kids now do better and they learn better, I've now impacted multiple generations. I mean, how massive is that if you really think about it? Oh, it's incredible. Now, are you finding that you are drawn to kind of gravitating toward a certain type of business or industry? No, I don't care what industry you do. Um, I care who you are. I care who you are. So the clients that are just looking for a short fix, not going to touch that. Clients where there is bad behavior, manipulation, kind of uh, not follow through with people that they work with, things like that, not going to touch that. Integrity is really, really high for me. Um, but no, I don't care what industry. Money is money. People are people. It's all the same thing. Processes are processes. I care more about who I work with versus what they're selling. I don't care about that. That's easy. That's business. But I care, I look at who are you as a human being. How do you get the new clients? Is it all referral at this point? Or do you do some kind of proactive marketing to get out there and educate and inform and draw people to you? Uh, referral, but I work mostly with online companies. So I do like online organic advertising. I've been here for three and a half years online. I've positioned myself offline. Old clients still come back, ask for support. People refer me. Uh, interviews just like this. A lot of people hear me and reach out. They're just very organic. So one of the things, that, as you might imagine, that I found really, really attractive and smiled early in the conversation, you used a phrase that included fingerprint on the timeline, because we're all about producing better results and less time here at High Velocity Radio. Speak to that a little bit more and maybe talk about a little bit about what the, the work looks like, especially in the early stages when you first start working with a company. The work in the, in the early stages is to, number one, see where the company is at. Because before I can change the behavior, before I can change the decision-making process, I want to know where the, the company is at. Uh, what what's impacting the what are the numbers? If the numbers if you're bleeding all over the place, so then do we we have to plug the holes before we do anything else, right? Because the business needs to continue. So first, I will. It's always I will want to look at the numbers. The numbers always tell me the how the how the CEO makes the decisions. I don't need the CEO to tell me a single thing. I can look at the numbers. I know if there is a pattern, if there is if there is if they're seasonal, if they're this, if they're that, if they're uh, short selling themselves, if they're undercharging. If they're not paying careful attention, I don't even need to talk to the CEO. The panel, the balance sheet will tell me everything I need to know how the CEO operates in their mindset. Everything. It, the numbers tell a story. The numbers really, really tell a story. It's not just the numbers. I don't look at the numbers. I look at the story. 
I don't see just the numbers on paper. I see someone else's decisions. So I look at the numbers first. I talk to the CEO. I'm, I'm highly intuitive. I'm, I just I kind of pick up on people and who they are, how they operate. I want to know how they move, how they run their operations. So I observe a lot. I observe a lot. And then we just go to work and we start at the most critical to the least critical. What's the first thing? Like I said, if they're bleeding margins, if they're uh, bleeding in labor on the floor, if they're just, um, if they have clients that have terms, I'll pay you when I feel like it. Do we need to fire some clients? Do we need to negotiate the terms? So I guess it depends on what's happening in the company at the moment. But the numbers are a big chunk of it at the beginning, but the numbers are just a story. And then I don't live by the numbers in a company. I live by the global operation. So when I first walk in, I want to know if there is a critical environment. If there is a critical environment, we have more time to put certain things in place. Hmm. Maybe we have more time to plug some holes. We have time to make some additional decisions. If it's a critical environment, what's the low-hanging fruit? Let's get you guys into the safe waters. Let's make sure you can stand up strong. And then we go on fixing things and making it more of a... um, more of a just a tight ship to run because a lot of the times people bleed hours people bleed and just unnecessarily cost and things like that so a lot of shoring up but again ultimately it's the decision making process of the ceo and the ceo tells me a lot even through a conversation you know and a lot of people will let people have terms uh, on whatever they want they will undercharge they will this they will that so it's a matter of shoring everything up because what i've noticed often just by shoring up, you will end up more money to your bottom line with no changes, with zero changes outside of the current infrastructure, meaning with no additional from outside, but just shoring up within, looking at the cost, looking at the labor, looking at decision-making process, looking at the payment terms, looking at the time versus how much, looking just by cleaning up inside you can get a lot of work done. And sometimes it's even shuffling the right people into the right place because very often people have wrong people in the wrong position. They're great people. They're just not for that job. So sometimes you got to shuffle people around. Okay, let's make sure that our listeners can reach out, connect with you, have a conversation with you or someone on your team. I want them to be able to tap into your work, whatever you think is appropriate, website, LinkedIn, email. Let's make sure that, that we can get them connected with you. Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm on LinkedIn, not very active on LinkedIn, but if you send me a message on LinkedIn, I definitely get it. Um, Facebook, social media is just the way to get in touch with people right now. ReginaGulbinas.com, but people don't necessarily contact me through the website. So people are welcome to check out the website of great testimonials there. But LinkedIn or Facebook is a perfect way to get in touch with me or my email is simple, ReginaGulbinas at gmail.com. Well, Regina, it has been an absolute delight having you on the program this afternoon. Thank you for sharing your insight and your perspective. And and I got to say, your energy with us this this afternoon, you're doing such important work impacting so many lives, and we, we sure appreciate you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Regina Gulbinas, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.